Hello, everybody. This is Father Sean with Father Sean O'Brien's podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Today, I just want to give a little advertisement about uh, something coming up here. I don't know about advertisement is the right word. I'm excited about this. So here at uh, St. Pius, I've been thinking a lot about the saints. So that's part of this background here. I think about a lot of the saints. Uh, during this pandemic time, things are a little quieter, uh, which has helped me ease into my new situation here at St. Pius and allowed me to read a lot more of the saints. So a couple of months ago, I finished reading a biography of St. Philip Neri, and he had this thing that he called an oratory. Now for him, his oratory, so a little background on him before I get into talking about what he did for this oratory. He was a man from Florence in the 1500s, and he, so this is the time of the Renaissance, and this is also kind of a time when there was a lot of uh, sin in the church, kind of that time. We think of like all the, you know, there's a lot of the stories <laughs> that we hear about. Oh, yes, the Renaissance time. High art um, and all these different things. Beautiful art, the Renaissance there, you know, the, all the Michelangelos and the Raphaels. But also, you know, there's a lot of wealth that is flowing around in the church. And wealth does not mean sin, but wealth certainly opens the door to a worldly way of life and worldly way of living especially for those who have committed themselves to God, well, that's not very good. That's unhealthy. We are to live heavenly lives, not earthly lives. And the wealth just doesn't make that any more, uh, doesn't make it easier. Does not make it easier. In fact, Christ proclaims poverty. So anyways, St. Philip Neri was in this context. He moved down to Rome, and in Rome, he became uh, just a really significant figure. St. Philip Neri, he became a priest. He was ordained a priest there. And he had just such a heart for for caring for the poor. He would go and he would serve in hospitals, just uh, changing out their sheets even because in, in Italy, you know, the patients have to bring their own sheets. <laughs> it's kind of different than the United States, huh? But the patients had to change their sheets. They're not able to do that if they're poor. And so he would go there and he would clean them. He would clean the sheets and he would bring for them their needs. He would go and visit the poor people of Rome and the poor people would slowly but surely get to know him and they would start to seek him out. And then he would also begin to realize that, you know, a lot of these young men in the town, in the city of Rome, kind of got trapped in the boring nothingness on the weekends. So he would do different things. Um, certain times a year, he would do a ginormous pilgrimage around Rome, which would cover, I forget how many miles, but it's like 10 miles plus or minus, and they would be going to some of the key churches in Rome, the seven church walk, seven church pilgrimage. Uh, another thing that he did with these young men is kind of, he would have them over in the evenings and just for a spiritual conversation, just to talk about, uh, life as we ought to live it in the eyes of God as opposed to life as we ought to live it in accordance with the world. We're trying to avoid that. And so through these conversations, uh, he would really be influencing these young men to make a greater and stronger decision to live for Christ and to live in accordance with Christian virtue. Now, I will also say that uh, this developed quite a lot. You know, first off, he's starting to minister to the poor, but in a twinkle of an eye, all of a sudden, he's got disciples that include bishops 
and Cardinals, let alone like everyone in between. So it's really a, a fascinating thing. And this biography that I read was just incredible. It was just incredible. I love St. Philip Neri. Now, he began this oratory, and this oratory is kind of a two-part thing. So the first part of the oratory, it developed from these spiritual conversations that he would have with these young men. And these would just be kind of just casual conversations that he would have in his own uh, quarters, in his own room. But then, you know, there's so many people who were wanting to come, so eventually they had to move into a more a larger public space to do that. And this developed into an oratory. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. The second part of this oratory was that a group of men would live together. They didn't take any vows, but yet they did enter into a form of religious life together. And these became known as the oratorians. The oratorians, those who are living in an oratory. Oratory kind of coming from the word prayer and, and place. And so it's like a place of prayer, a gathering of prayer. And... You know, like I said, they didn't take any vows. They were free to kind of come and go, which is certainly unique among religious orders. But at the same hand, St. Philip Neri was very clear about like, hey, you know what? You're here. And when you're here, and I hope you continue to be here, we're going to live in a certain way. You know, there's a there's a routine of prayer on a daily basis. There's a routine of, of ministry and service to the poor and proclamation of the word. And part of that proclamation, of, and even in their meals, they would... Uh, be very focused on having spiritual conversation. I think we've all kind of had the different experiences of of kind of just letting the conversa- conversation just float away on its own, and all of a sudden we end up talking about uh, what someone else did the other day, and, and that's just gossip or just something about the news, and these are things that are passing. But in these focused spiritual conversations, they would be really uh, entering into into virtue and what it means to be holy and maybe talking about some scene from the life of Christ or prophecy or something like that. And for one thing, I think that is something that we need to bring back. Really not being drawn into mundane conversations, but to be really focused on conversations that are always oriented towards Christ. I'm reading a biography of St. Francis Xavier, and he kind of has a, a little different model as opposed to just diving into the spiritual conversation from the start. His was to relate with people, to talk with people about what they were interested in, about what they were doing, and then slowly but surely navigate the conversation back to Christ. And so this is a little bit different way of doing it, but it was also a different vocation because St. Francis Xavier was more focused on on bringing the lost sheep back to Christ, why St. Philip Neri was focused on nourishing the sheep that are already present to Christ. So anyways, just a little quick comment, side comment, have good spiritual conversations. Do not allow yourself to slip off into pointless conversations. Silence is better. (laughs) Um, These men um, would be partakers of the, the first part of the oratory that I mentioned. So in the evenings, these spiritual conversations they developed. And so it would be, be every evening. This would be every evening. And St. Philip Neri was very clear that these gatherings were to imitate the Acts of the Apostles, where they gathered daily in the temple to prayer, to talk about the teachings of the Apostles, to have fellowship together, and to break bread together. And so this is kind of the key part of the the apostles in the early church. And he wanted to do that same thing. 
And so he gathered all of his different disciples, whoever was available, and they began with um, maybe a half an hour of different forms of prayers, different forms of spiritual exercises. And then after that, they would have a series of discourses, maybe each of them being roughly a half an hour. I kind of get the sense that maybe it was even a little bit less. And he was always very focused that these spiritual discourses be on something practical, not something that's way over people's head, but something very practical, that they also be very simple, they're, that they're not, um, just as they're not talking about abstract things that are not related with people's lives, so he doesn't want them to float off into academics. In fact, there's one story where this this one priest was sharing his discourse, and it was a little bit over people's heads. And so he said, you come down, sit down right now. He interrupted this guy right in the middle of his talk. Isn't that crazy? I just, I just that story just sticks out in my mind. So really drawing on this, this focus on being practical, being spiritual, and being simple were the key components of this, and having an element of prayer. And then I should not also omit that Talking about these practical spiritual themes through the lives of the saints was an essential element as well. You know, what good does it do if you hear about the virtue of fortitude, but you don't learn about the great heroic stories of fortitude from the past? You know, we get inspired by those stories. We love those stories. This year, I have gone through the school like I did in past years, but this year I've been focusing on sharing the lives of the saints, the stories of the saints, and the students have loved it so much more than in my previous visits in the past years. Students have loved hearing about the lives of the saints because they are great stories. They are Im- impressive. They are motivating. They are inspiring. So this was what St. Philip Neri did. He had this oratory in the evenings, and he had this oratory in this gathering of people who lived and loved together. Now, here at St. Pius, and this is kind of how it is at St. Anne's, and then I think this is kind of how it is throughout the whole modern world, where if a priest was to organize something, if he was going to have a talk, if he was going to have a series, if there was going to be a mission speaker, if there was going to be a retreat, if there was going to be anything, the administrative work is really cumbersome. It is difficult to get around it. It is not really fun to to address all these different things. And I just feel trapped a lot of the time. It's just like, well, I would love to just, you know, do a bunch of different things every single day. <laughs> but the reality is, like, ain't no one got time for that because it just takes so much time to get people together. You know, going back to St. Francis Xavier, St. Francis Xavier, he would simply just walk around the block ringing a bell and people knew that, oh, yeah, okay, it's time to go to the town square and hear this man preach. And he would just do that again by ringing a bell. He would walk around by ringing a bell and all the people would flock to hear him preach. You know, sometimes the people were coming in such large numbers by the thousands we have in some accounts that he had to leave the city and go to an open field, climb a tree and address them from there, (laughs) which is amazing. And today it's not the case. You know, I could go through the neighborhood here and, you know, it's a lot much, it's a, it's a looser neighborhood. It's not as concentrated as the neighborhoods of India where St. Francis Xavier was, where people would be packed in, tied into these little uh, barrios almost. In my imagination, that word comes to mind here. Just really squeezed in. Nowadays, it's like where you would have maybe like five, six, seven families living. Well, that's one 
house and that's one family right there or in fact usually it's like a retired person in the neighborhood that i'm at there's not a lot of families here there's a handful though and it's just difficult to get people together you know i can't ring the bell in the neighborhood i can't drive around honking the horn maybe i can maybe that would be effective but i haven't done that so i've been thinking what can i do to gather people together on a regular basis that minimizes my administrative work god didn't call me to be an administrator he called me to be uh, a spiritual guide a preacher a proc one who proclaims the word of god and so i think this is what i shall do i am going to do something that saint philip neary did I'm not going to have it every evening. Um, people back then, they, they, uh, they love to do this kind of thing. Uh, they didn't have the busyness that the United States has today. They could gather you know, every night in accordance with their own schedule, in accordance with their own schedule. I don't think that works these days, you know, with soccer, with basketball, with recitals, with, you know, you got to catch your favorite show and all these different things. I just don't think that works. I don't think people would come. I think people get burnt out on that. So I'm going to give a few different options during the week where people can come on a regular basis. They can just keep it on their, their calendar, on their weekly calendar, and they just know, oh, at this time, I'm going to hear the word of God proclaimed. And hopefully I'm, I'm thinking that this will be a bit of a conversation. It won't just be like, uh, the Father Sean show, but but at the same hand, like I'll I'll have a spiritual topic, a spiritual theme, and we'll we'll talk about that, especially using the lives of the saints. I don't want to get over people's heads. I want people to be inspired. I want people to be motivated to live these things. I want people to to withdraw from all the vices and sins and the ways of the world, because I want them to see how distasteful all that is. And I want people to be attracted by the goodness and the glory that is in Christian virtue. And this is my strategy here. It's an open invitation to anyone. You don't have to be from St. Pius to come. Um, St. Pius is hosting it in our church, but you don't have to be a member of St. Pius Church to come. So I'm calling this the Oratory of St. Pius. The Oratory of St. Pius. And I am beginning... Here, very quickly here. So February 18th, the Thursday is the first session, and it begins at 5.15 p.m. So if people are getting off work, this will be perfect. You can just swing on by on your way home, stay for 30 30 to 40 minutes. I'm not going to go longer than 40 minutes um, because that will probably be long enough for people. But just to really hone in, to pray a little bit together, to, to discuss Christian virtue together, to be motivated together, to learn to live like the saints. And then hopefully my goal is that people afterwards will be able to be truly engaged and truly engaged with each other, not just engaged with God. I think that's the most important, obviously. But there's such a richness that is lost when we we engage with God independent of other people. And I would love to see afterwards if like, okay, this was the Thursday night. You know, the group of guys are going to meet. They're going to listen to Father Sean. They have a little conversation with him there at the church. And then they're all going to go out and grab a drink together just because that's what they do. <laughs> like, this is just their Thursday night. Uh, it might be hard to do if they got families. But maybe the whole family wants to come. And maybe this is the family night. Maybe they want to have a special dinner that evening. You know, go out to McDonald's <laughs> or something like that. I have no idea. 
but I but I am hoping that this is going to be a point of contact for a richer community experience. You know, we have a playground here on our campus too, so this would just be nice. You know, when the weather's nice, we got the pandemic behind us, we can maybe just have the families come together and do a picnic afterwards. So this is 5.15 p.m. on Thursdays, ongoing forever. There are other times available. Friday mornings at 9.15 p.m. after our 8.30 mass, 9.15 a.m. And it'll be the same topic as Thursday. Actually, Thursday evening at 7.15, I'm going to do the same thing in Spanish. All these are the same topics during any given week. On Saturday also, I'm having a special occasion for students. I'm really thinking of maybe like third grade and up, third grade and up. I don't want to uh, boil or not boil, but uh, I don't want to water things down for kids who are so, so small. But I want to address the students who are able to kind of appreciate some of these things. And I think second graders and a lot of first graders will be able to do that. But I really want to focus on, you know, having a good conversation. And that takes a little bit of intellectual maturity. So it's kind of third grade and up is what I'm thinking. But this is going to be great for like whole families too, because I'm not going to water things down so much that like a high school student would not be engaged. Because again, I'm talking about the lives of the saints here. I love, you know, it's amazing. When I go to the classrooms and I talk about the lives of the saints, what gives me the most joy sometimes is that the teachers are the ones who are most attentive and aware and smiling as I tell these stories. I'm just like, yes, I love this. So hopefully that will uh, maybe inspire some of the, some of the, not just the third, fourth, and fifth graders to come, but some of the other older students to come. Obviously the the other sessions, the Thursday evening at 5.15, the th- Friday morning at 9.15, those are going to be very accessible to really anybody. But again, just kind of thinking about the context of being in a community, you know, for those fourth and fifth graders, they're going to want to see their other fourth and fifth grade friends there. They're going to want to have, uh, want to be surrounded by people who are like them. I don't want to omit the importance of the family as well, because that will be the most important. But um, but again, you know, after that 11 a.m. on Saturday, you know, to have a little picnic outside, to go to the park that we have here on campus just across the parking lot, to talk with some of the other students, some of the other families, and to really hone in on who they can be friends with. Because so many times the friends that our children choose are just bums, you know? They're just like, well, that person's not going to help you get to heaven. In fact, you're going to send your kids over to that person's house, and they're going to play video games and nothing else. They're going to be shooting each other up. Oh, you know what? They're probably going to watch some movies that they're going to stream. And you know what? Some of those movies, the parents are not going to be terribly aware that they are watching such movies, let alone a lot of other kind of sadder things that I have heard of, you know, multiple times. You know, they go over to their 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 friend's house and that's their first exposure to pornography you know what that just is a story that i'm afraid i have heard a number of times so we just always have to be very careful that our children have good friends let alone us adults have good friends so again honing back on having this beautiful encounter with god by talking about the lives of the saints and a very practical spiritual theme and then launching into a deeper encounter with other people around this encounter with God so that we can encounter God more deeply and more thoroughly in the context of a community. 
Now, as I start this, again, I'm starting this um, tomorrow. This is coming out on Wednesday, but I'm starting this tomorrow, Thursday. The first topic will be the Holy Spirit. You know, this is very practical, just simple realization that like, oh, I got to have the Holy Spirit in my life if I'm going to live in a spiritual life. The following weeks will be on each of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Peace, patience, gentleness, joy, etc., etc. So again, you know, it's just a simple little theme. I'm talking about them, about about these through the lives of the saints, and I'm really excited because I just love it. I'm just looking forward to it a lot. For one thing, it's a lot less work if I just do all the prep work ahead of time and then just show up. But on the other hand, it's just going to be great to see these people come. To close, I want to just mention one last thing. At the end of each one of these, probably for this first time, I won't do it because I want to spend some time maybe getting to know the people who are coming. But to at the end of each of these oratories, I plan on offering confession. It is a difficult thing in the Diocese of Tulsa to have a regular confessor because you have to schedule that time together. That's fine. That's okay. We can do that. People can do that. But at the same hand, you know, if you go to a regular confession hour, especially if you're at a church with an associate pastor, it's going to be 50-50. You're going to get the pastor 50% of the time. You're going to get the associate pastor 50% of the time. And then a lot of other times there's even a retired priest who's kind of chipping in, which is awesome, which is great. But at the same hand, our church gives to us a tradition of having a confessor someone who knows our soul, someone who's heard our sins, someone who knows the the way of our heart. And a confessor, after getting to know the ways of our heart, can then um, give us more deeper and more insightful suggestions and counsel about how to overcome vice and sin and how to pursue Christian virtue in a deeper relationship with our, our love, our Lord Jesus Christ. And hopefully, I will be able to offer you the opportunity to have a regular confessor. You might not want me to be your confessor, so maybe that's not a big deal at all. But I really think this can be helpful for a lot of folks. Well, okay, everybody. God bless you all. Please pray for me. Please pray for this Oratory of St. Pius, and I shall pray for you. Blessings to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all. Bye.